What is up, Nerds Nation? Welcome to the FN Nerds Podcast with the most dynamic duel in all of podcasting. I'm Nick Denizio, and sitting across from me is my dude, Martin Moreno. What's up, man? How we doing? Good, good. This is episode 25 as we bring you all the good movie news from this past week. But before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else, please check back each week as we try to upload new content for you guys to listen to. So, guys, before we get into this, you might hear a little bit of a background noise. We got uh, the studio next door is doing a bit of a rager on a Monday. Yeah, they're um, <laughs> got the club going up on the Monday. I don't know what's going on. Uh, they got some good music, though. Yeah. I'll, I'll give that to them. But probably, yeah. Trump, probably Trump rally. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if you hear some booms, uh, the bass is the bass is bumping. The bass is bumping the bass right now. Is bumping, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, dude, episode twenty-five, quarter of a century. Quarter of a century, it's man. Exciting, here, man. Here we here we are chugging along. Yeah. Uh, so how was uh, how was your week there, Martin? My week was great, bro. Um, I celebrated my friend's birthday. Nice. You guys may may or may not know him. His name is Nick. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, my buddy Nick crossed for me turned uh, 42, 43? 32. 32. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think you were going to say your age, but... Uh, ah, fuck, I don't give a shit. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, it was a fun time. We went to a local brewery, uh, watched some football. Yep, we got a little saucy on a Sunday. Got a little saucy on a Sunday, had some good food, and uh, all my fancy teams won. Victory! Nice. So, go, uh, second time in, what, like three or four weeks that uh, I, had, I got victories across the board. Yep. So, got to keep that comeback tour going. I know, man, I know. Mm-hmm. Well, I only won one of my... <laughs> C-Leagues. The one you Dude, had Dalvin Cook, right? The one I had Dalvin Cook, yeah. yeah, who went off. Dalvin Cook exploded. And it's really funny, too, because I told Nick beforehand, I'm like, bro, I think it's going to be a high-scoring high game. Mm-hmm. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a great game because I think there's going to be a lot of touchdowns. Turns out it was all Dalvin Cook. You were, you, you were half right. I was half, <laughs> you were half right, right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I have him in one league, too. So, uh, so yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a good victory. Some good Ws across the board. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was my birthday, and, you know, we had, we had a little bit of fun. You know, just like like Martin said, went to a brewery, had a good time, and yeah, you know, we, I don't I don't like to get too too crazy on my birthday, Same. but uh, but you know, it was it was a good time, it was a good time, had had a lot of fun, super chill. All right, let's uh, let's jump into this. So we're gonna kind of start off on a bit of a somber note as we got some really um, kind of shitty news on Halloween. So. Legendary actor Sean Connery has passed away due to natural causes. The Scottish actor was best known for his portrayal of James Bond, being the first to bring the role to the big screen and appearing in seven films of the spy thriller. Other notable works include The Hunt for Red October, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and The Untouchables, for which he won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. He was 90 years old. So, yeah, this this uh, this is one of those actors that, you know, we kind of grew up with as kids, mm-hmm. and to see him pass away, it's, you know, it's just a huge blow. Uh, I actually kind of... You know, a lot of people know him as James Bond. He was the first actor to appear as James Bond on the big screen. But, you know, I really didn't find those Bond movies until much later on. We kind of grew up in the, in the Brosnan era yeah. of, of James Bond. So that's kind of where, where, where my love came, you know, for, for Bond came from. And uh, with but with Connery, it was it was The Rock. It was Humphrey October, Last Crusade, The Untouchables. Those were all those movies where I really got to, like, experience Sean Connery. See, I'm different because, as some of the listeners may know, I did not hit cinematic puberty until way much later in my mm-hmm. life. So I didn't see a lot of um, his films, like the Indiana Jones films, for example. I didn't see those until, like, recently. Oh, I was wow. in the last, like, maybe six or seven years. Yeah, yeah. But I knew him, obviously, um, 
kind of like the mainstream movies that were on at the time. Do you remember the movie The Avengers? With like yes. Ray Fiennes. Yes, um, yes. And with Thurman. Terrible yeah. movie. It was a terrible yeah. movie, but it was like it was based off of like the the show, the yes. TV show from yeah, like the, yeah. I believe sixties or seventies. But that's, I think, where I first saw him, and obviously League of Extraordinary Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Today, Junior! (laughs) But, very similar to Michelle Pfeiffer and Sandra Bullock, my family was huge Catherine Cedar-Jones fans. Mm -hmm. So, Entrapment Entrapment, is a movie that I've seen so many times. Growing up, it was on repeat. We watched it all the time. It's a film that I loved. And that, to me, is the one that kind of sticks out in my mind the most. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like I said, I went back and revisited a lot of his older films. And the guy was just a fucking stud, bro. Oh, yeah. And just um, and something I think is interesting is when he pops up in the in the Last Crusade, when he just pops up, he's like, Junior. Yes. And like Harrison Ford, like the way he stands up. And yeah, he gets yeah. like, he, get, he gets like from zero to 100, gets his yeah. shit together real quick. <laughs> yes, sir. It's you, Junior. Don't call me that, please. Because it's his dad. Yeah. yeah, I think that's also just, um, I would imagine that's how he just was in real life. Like, this is fucking Sir Sean Connery. Yes, just like yeah. the, his presence, the way he filled up a room. You can just tell that um, that this is someone that you just want to, like, get your back straight up. and it's just like, you like, got to get your shit together. Exactly. Con- you're Connery's, presence, on, Connery's on the scene. You're on the presence of, you're in the presence of fucking Sean Connery. And, yeah. um... And yeah, we, we do know that he had some sort of health issues when it comes to like dementia. I, believe. I think he had dementia, yeah, which is um, unfortunate. Which is why he stopped acting because he couldn't remember the lines, yeah. which is kind of really unfortunate. But uh, but yeah, man, I, I love all the films I've seen him in. Um, I went back and revisited a lot of, the, of his films much later on in my life, like I said. And yeah, rest in peace and condolences to his family. Yeah, definitely. And and I like how you said uh, you mentioned like Last Crusade. That's that's probably one of my favorite performances from him, and it's probably one of the greatest depictions of like a father-son duo in a movie like just just fantastic (laughs) just fantastic (laughs) chemistry between connery and harrison ford and you know so many great scenes i love the scene when uh when he he uh rustles up the the flock of birds to to go into the plane oh yeah like just 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 really great moments from him uh especially like at the end when uh when indiana jones is trying to reach for the uh the chalice i can get it i can almost reach it dad Indiana? Indiana? Let it go. Their dynamic in regards to a dialogue exchange uh-huh. was really good too. Just like they always had really great, um, uh, like their banter of how they bounce off each other mm-hmm. was, was really great. Yeah, and of course, being a huge action junkie, I absolutely love The Rock. Which to this day is probably Michael Bay's best film. Yeah. Like, I, let's I, be real. I would, I would probably agree with you. And I love how how meta it is with Sean Connery's character because it kind of riffs on James Bond a little bit, mm-hmm. being a much older James Bond. But yeah, it's great. And just like some fantastic line. Like Sean Connery has probably one of the, the, the best accents to try to like mimic. And some of the best lines. And some of the best lines. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's the the fantastic uh, dialogue between him and Nicolas Cage when he's trying to give Cage a pep talk. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll do my best. Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Carla was the prom queen. Really? Yeah. And also the line from the Touchables, who brings a knife to a gunfight? Yes! Isn't that just like a wop? Who brings a knife to a gunfight? See, I mean, The Untouchables is great too, man. Yeah. Like, like the guy is just such a fucking legend, such a titan of, of, of cinema. 
And yeah, man, RIP to him. He's definitely going to be missed. And you know, now I just feel like I need to watch every Sean Connery movie known to man. Well, we'll we'll uh, we'll touch up on it. Maybe yeah. for the next F and discussion, we'll do The Rock. Oh, there we go. There we go. There well, we go. There it is. There it is. Hmm. All right, uh, let's move into some podcasting shoutouts, Martin. Woohoo! Shout out. So we're gonna we're gonna shout out some of the podcasts we've been listening to over the past week. And uh, I guess since you started last week, I guess I'll kick it off this week. Okay, let's do it. So I'm going to start it off with Real Talk, a movie podcast. And it's hosted by Wes Jones and a few other guys that are on the show. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice movie discussion podcast. Uh, and with, uh, like, the one episode I listened to, they did kind of a career retrospective on Christopher Nolan. They went over all of his movies. And they had, like, four different guys on. And what was nice about it was you just got all these different opinions and everyone had their own favorite Christopher Nolan movie. So it just made for a really nice discussion for what people like, what their favorite was. And, uh, you know, that was really fun to listen to, especially being, you know, massive Nolan fans. Mm -hmm. And they also, one of their episodes I listened to was on Ghostbusters, which was, which was a, you know, also a blast, being that we just passed in on Spooky Season. What do you think of this? <laughs> you like it? And uh, the other cool thing about their show is they also, they also have guests on. And by guests, they did an episode on Scream, and they had an actress that was in Scream come on the show to talk about like her experiences. Oh, good for them. Yeah. So the the actress, she 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 wasn't like in like a major part. I think she only had like a very small part as a cheerleader. Fifteen but, seconds of fame. Fifteen seconds of fame. But what was cool was she. Oh, was went, a cheerleader in the bathroom? Maybe. The one I was talking shit about Sydney. Maybe. That's like literally the only cheerleader in the movie. Oh, so maybe it is then. Yeah. yeah. She's like, it's like her and some other chick, and they're talking shit about Sydney while Sydney's in the stall. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But what was cool is is uh, like I actually haven't listened to the episode. I only read the description, so I don't want to give you know some false claim that I actually listened to it but I do plan on going back and listening to it but from the description of the episode it says that she talks about her experiences on set and everything like that so definitely need to check that one out especially since like you know you're a huge Scream fan I yeah. know that for a fact so maybe she was a slut just like her mother <laughs> you are pathetic I'm assuming it's her if you, when you say chiller that's like the one that definitely right 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 so maybe yeah. it is her yeah yeah but um, I you know Really had a, had a fun time listening to to their to their um, their show, and yeah, man, definitely go check these guys out. Real talk, uh, they've actually been following us for a really long time, and we've had some really cool interactions, some cool discussions. Oh man, retweeted some of our shit on Twitter and stuff. So you know, finally got the chance to really like sit down and listen to their stuff, and it's great. Yeah. Always appreciate the support. Absolutely, Always. absolutely. Um, yeah, so awesome. Next one, the one I'm going to do is the Latin X Empower podcast, and this is a podcast that I discovered about a month ago. And since I discovered it, I've just been fucking crushing it. It is hosted by Tessia Fernandez. And it, um, to read you the tagline, it is insights from Latinx leaders around the globe. Two men, one white, one Latina. Now for the people who don't know what Latinx means, it's essentially a gender neutral term for people of Latin American descent. So rather than saying Latino or Latina, you just say Latinx. Wait, oh, is it Latinx? Because I've seen that like listed like before and I thought it was like Latinx. No, no. Okay, so it's actually Latinx. Yeah, it's like a, is that binary? Is that the term where you don't really identify as? I, it, I guess It's so, like yeah, gender yeah. neutral is like the, the right. better way of saying okay, it. Okay, gotcha. But obviously me, being a very proud, proven immigrant, um, I related to a lot of these stories and I really enjoy listening to listening to what some of these people had to say. Mm -hmm. I related to some of the successes. I related to some of the struggles in like my own personal way. And just hearing these people, how they kind of got ahead in life, how they sort of advanced their careers, like it was very inspiring. And mm -hmm. it made me, and it was like very like proud and way to, to hear and um, you know thank you for sharing your stories and thank you for um, kind of being an inspiration to the Latinx community and for raising the bar and you know just like 
keep doing your thing. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's always fun to listen to podcasts too, where people kind of tell like their life story and mm-hmm. like the kind of trials and tribulations that they go through. So it always makes for an interesting listen. Yeah, totally. So if you are Latinx, I definitely recommend checking it out. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Sounds cool. Uh, so my last podcast is the Spy Hard podcast, and it's hosted by Agents Scott and Cam. And what they do is they talk about spy movies. Let me see. That's Dr. Evil's cat. How can you tell? I never forget a pussy. Cat. And the episode that I kind of gravitated towards, obviously, with uh, Sean Connery passing away is an episode they did on Dr. No, which is Connery's first Bond movie. Nice. And it was very interesting to hear. They did a full-blown breakdown of, uh, you know, the history of it, uh, how the project came to be, uh, you know, different casting choices, and then obviously the movie itself and how they felt about it. So it was really cool to listen to. And, you know, I think it's safe to say we both love spy movies in general. So yeah. it's definitely uh, something that we, we that we gravitate towards. And, you know, they've done episodes on on the Bourne series and uh you know north by northwest and you know goldeneye and and all that kind of stuff so north by northwest is actually a movie that i've been recently meaning to watch again to go back oh yeah so good. for some reason it's, it's been like in my in yeah. my mind you know since when since your fucking um the shots damn it i was trying not to swear why are you trying to swear i was gonna get into it but yeah i guess it's over fail but since your shots video, when you have the one shot of, of uh, when he's running. Yes. Yeah, since then, I'm, I'm just like, I was like, wait, that's from North by Northwest. And then yeah. it's from, since then, it's just been yeah. like in my mind for the past couple of years. And that's, and that's such like an influential movie. Like you see stuff from that movie, just kind of like you see its influence in other movies, like, you know, just throughout history. So it's yeah. that's, that's definitely one. But but yeah, man, it's 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 a really fun show, especially if you love spy movies. It's really great. And, and they're another one that, uh, you know, that we've, uh, you know, kind of linked up with on Twitter and, and stuff and, you know, just interacted and always liked and retweeted. So like that support between us has always been there. So finally got to check out their stuff and it was really great. And, you know, you know, if, like I said, if you guys are fans of spy movies, you know, check it out, give it a listen. If you like what you hear, give it a follow. Cool. Cool. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the next one that I'm going to do is that if you don't podcast hosted by Ange and Kelly, um, Ange is someone who I went to school with and I've known her for a really long time. Uh, and we recently just kind of shared podcast information. Nice. And to give you the tagline, it is Angie Kelly, and they uplift women and put a hilarious spin on what not to do and dive into today's crazy society. <laughs> So uh, just give a little uh, back, just give a little description about Anne. She's very, um, for sure, she's one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Nice. She's hilarious. She's very honest. She's very open. She's very blunt. And I think the podcast is very reflective of her personality. Um, I've personally never met Kelly, but just hearing their discussions that they've had, um, they just. And just puts it all out there. Yeah. yeah. Like, and just not give a shit. Right. And the, the way she just puts <laughs> everything out there and tries to give you. Um, not just for women, but for just uh, everyone in general, of just tips of how to live your better life, you right. know, like uh, whether and, and the sort of um, differences. And for example, like um, like staying positive or like toxic positive positivity, you know, right. like different things like that. So definitely go check them out. It's very, like I said, very chill, very laid back, very open. And it's just like and it's just um, uh, um it's like almost uh, in a way, again, like a relatable podcast. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and just recently. um she, like I said, she's very open, so she won't mind, but she recently lost her therapist, and it's someone who was very close to her. Oh, no. So condolences to you, Ange. We love you. And go give them, go check them out, and follow if you like what you hear. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, guys, those are our uh, our podcast shouts for the week, man. Go check them out. Support. 
Give him a listen. And I have one more shout out that I want to give. Oh. And that is to LaShawn Johnson, AKA <laughs> Chris's mom. Uh, she messaged me last week, uh, right as soon as we finished the episode, so I didn't give it, I didn't have a chance to shout her out. But um, but she's recently uh, a fan. Well, she's been Chris listened to all the episodes, so she yes. kind of hears her in the background. Right. For those who don't know, Chris is uh, my best friend, and and one of the things that she mentioned was that we swear too much. Stop it! Stop! Stop cussing and go home. Okay. So I was trying really hard. Oh, that's why. Not to swear on this episode, and unfortunately slipped out. I'm gonna keep trying. For the rest of the episode, we'll see. We'll see how much um, red flags uh, I get. But uh, but anyone who knows Lashawn knows how just loving, how funny, how caring she is. And um, and I will gladly give her a shout out. We love you, Lashawn, and uh, hope you hope uh, hope you enjoy this little this little bit. <laughs> well, well, then then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give I'm gonna I'm gonna say my apologies to Lashawn in advance because I'm probably I'm not gonna be able to hold back from cursing throughout the episode. So I mean, just just giving a heads up. <laughs> Chris doesn't care. Chris is like, guys, we're the fucking there. Just swear, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, ah, but you know, we're we're putting her name on this right, episode, absolutely. so we gotta try. Absolutely. We gotta do our best. We gotta do our best. All right, Martin, so let's get into the uh, new trailers of the week. Boom. So we've got new trailers from Michael Bay's produced Songbird, Paul Greengrass's new film, News of the World, and Netflix's The Midnight Sky have all dropped. Songbird stars KJ Apa as Nico and takes place during a pandemic lockdown caused by a mutated COVID-19 virus. Nico must overcome martial law, murderous vigilantes, and a powerful, well-connected family to reunite with his love. I'm going to go throw up now. Songbird is being distributed by SDX Entertainment with no scheduled release date as of now. We're going to come back to that one. <laughs> uh, News of the World stars Tom Hanks and focuses on Captain Jefferson Kyle Kidd as he journeys across a post-Civil War Southern America to return a 10-year-old girl to her family. The film is scheduled to be released in theaters on December 25th, 2020. Fingers crossed, man. I really hope that it comes out in theaters. Uh, Midnight Sky stars George Clooney and follows Augustine, a lonely scientist in the Arctic, as he races to stop a group of astronauts from returning home to a mysterious global catastrophe. The film is scheduled to be released on Netflix on December 23rd, 2020. Uh, so I have a little bit, I have, I have some things to say about all these trailers. Same. But uh, let's start with Songbird. Okay. All right, I'm going to start with Songbird. Uh, fuck this movie because... Oh my God, thank you, Nick. Because it's a... Thank it's, it, it's, you. They, they, they make it known that the COVID-19 virus has mutated and there's not one fucking zombie in this goddamn fucking trailer. All okay, there so is, maybe we have fucked this movie for different all reasons. There is, <laughs> all there is is, is is more quarantine, murders vigilantes, which, whatever. Yeah. And, and you know, and we get some bullshit romance thrown into this fucking pandemic. Okay, I found this... Tra okay, for, yeah, fuck this movie. I do not care for it. I found this trailer to be... And look, you can take this however you want. I found this trailer to be a little insensitive. I found it to be a little inappropriate. Okay. And, like, because we are all dealing with this global pandemic. Okay, so We're, I'm the asshole that just wants zombies. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But it's okay. But, um, yeah, we are all dealing with this global, global pandemic in our own way. We have all been affected by COVID-19. But here comes Michael Bay and Platinum Dunes to cash in on a situation. Yep. And to me, that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone is asking for this movie. I don't think we need this movie. And um, it's just like, yeah, I do not care for it whatsoever. All right, so Martin, so I'm glad you're here to kind of check me mm -hmm. and let me know that, no, bro, don't forget the zombies. Well, I mean, There's like, a global pandemic going Well, let's be real here. It's only a matter of time before a COVID-19 movie was going to happen. Well, I mean, if you look at if you look at history, mm -hmm. I mean, this has happened, it happened with 9-11. It happened, exactly. with, you know what I mean? Like this, this happens with everything that they try to cash in on and market it. The only, the only reason, like, like, like when all this stuff happened, like when 9-11 came out, all that kind of stuff, the only way 
that I could see it being fine is if you're like, we're going to take all these proceeds and give it to families that have been affected by it. Right. And those were more like sort of in a way kind of like historical dramas. Exactly. Where this is more trying to be like a sci-fi apocalyptic action film. No, and it's just like. Well, no, but I don't even, I don't even think the 9-11 movies did it. But I'm like, you know, if, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to, if you want to try to catch on it, like, like you know do you know do right by the people that you're trying to exploit is basically right. what i'm trying to say or the event that you're trying to exploit that the people have been fucking affected by it exactly like, people have died yes like let's be real and you're coming here you're trying to cash yes. in on everything it's like to me i was just like dude this this I was like, this, no. this also like, feels like pass. fucking this feels like pearl harbor where you know michael bay's just sandwiching another romance into some fucking like historical yeah. event and it's like no bro get and, the fuck um, out of here i do like some of the actors i have high hopes for kj apa i think he's the dude's eventually going to blow Isn't up he the guy from riverdale yeah, he is the guy from riverdale yeah, okay. um he's been pushed a lot as a the new matt murdoch because he has red hair and shit, but whatever. Mm. That's not here nor there. But yeah, hard pass on this film. Yeah, hard, hard pass. And cut. This is disgusting. Shut it down. Also, we we cursed a lot. Apologies on cursing a lot. Oh, did we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we cursed I a lot. I, I didn't even pay attention to it. Um, as far as uh, news of the world and uh, Night Sky, yes. I'm going to start off by saying great beards. A great big bushy beard. Come on. Great beards. This trailer has great some great beards. Beard. I don't even think of that. <laughs> some great beards. There is something about Tom Hanks with a beard. It's kind of in a way makes him more lovable. Well, he is America's father. He so. is America's father. He's already lovable. But yeah. with that beard, it kind of makes him a little bit more lovable. Uh -huh. Like I remember when he was doing rounds for Mr. Rogers in Toy Story 4 last year and he was rocking the beard. He had that beard. I now yeah. know it's, I always assume that's for right. this movie. But I'm just like, oh, I just want to give him a hug. <laughs> but uh, but I, I did like this trailer. Uh, I thought it was very optimistic, very hopeful. Uh, it looks like the again that sort of lovable beard trait looks like it's playing to his character in the film. Right. Because what I got from this trailer is that he's a good person, wants to return this girl to um, her family, and it looks like a feel good movie for the holidays. Mm -hmm. um, Paul Greengrass is an interesting choice because I think outside of well again he did United ninety three which right. again like yes. that like that kind of film to me makes more sense you know uh, in regards to the 9-11 attacks makes and, more sense and, than, in terms of like the context and what exactly, it showed and everything then yeah, yeah. just fucking uh, songbird yeah, yeah I swear again <laughs> uh, but yeah like he aside from like the Bourne movies in, in 1993 he doesn't really have a massive resume he's only had like a handful of films but the dude's a veteran director mm -hmm. he knows what he's doing um, I do enjoy I didn't really enjoy Jason Bourne that much but I did like 1993 and the other two Bourne films that he did so like yeah man I'm looking forward to it it looks cool yeah, and I, I mean, I'm also always interested in what Paul Greengrass has to do, and obviously this is a nice reteaming um, with Tom Hanks from Captain Phillips. Correct. So you know, and and Tom Hanks, you know, they, you know, they, I think they did great work together. I think Tom Hanks put in a really great performance in that movie. So especially at the end, especially at the end, and those, like I said, like those last like five minutes where you know he's getting checked for being in shot, like mm -hmm. just fantastic acting. Great fucking dope. This is really cool, and you know I'm also a big fan of westerns. So to see you know more westerns come in, so I'm always all for yeah. It. I mean a little bit of that. Uh, remember the Cape Lanchet and Timely Jones movie? I think believe yeah, it's called the, the Missing. The missing, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember a little bit of that. Yep, yep. Um, but to go back to Midnight Sky, yeah, another great beard. Yeah, uh, George beard. Clooney. Um, excuse me. Uh, look, George Clooney, in my opinion, is a stud on all fronts. Yes. Whether it's actor, directing, producing, the guy, I'm a really big fan of his. And it's really, I was really happy to see him in the trailer again because I think the last thing I saw him in was those espresso commercials. Yeah, I'm here. You have spilled my macchiato. Dude, he hasn't done a movie since Money Monster. 
Uh, I don't think I saw him anymore. So I, I was thinking of Hail Caesar. That's the last movie that I saw him in. Right, but that was but, like four years ago. No, but but just in general, yeah, that was uh, 2016 was right. the last movie that he technically starred in was, was Money Monster. And then he's done like a million Nespresso commercials. Yeah, but even like Money, not Money Monster, I'm sorry, even um, Hail Caesar and Tom, Tomorrowland, those were the last two films that I saw him in, mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily like. I love Tomorrowland. You do love Tomorrowland? Yeah, yeah Tomorrow, I was not a fan Tomorrow, of Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland was a movie that, that just that just grew on me the more times I saw it. It was like, t- Tomorrowland reminds me a lot of, uh, not in, in terms of the same movie, but I had the same experience with Tron Legacy, how I didn't care for it at first, but it just kept, it was always on TV, and I just kept watching it, watching, watching. The more times I watch it, the more times I love it, and uh, anytime Tomorrowland's on, I just love it. Maybe I'll revisit it, because yeah. I think I've only seen it like twice, but yeah, I didn't yeah. really care for it. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, but it was good to see him again, good to see him in the film again, and um, dude, Netflix again, this movie, visually, it was stunning. It was really good. The, yeah. the special effects look incredible, so Netflix, once again, is just shelling out those dollars. Yep. Pockets ain't empty, cuz. And um, similar to the News of the Week trailer, uh, I really like the music in this trailer. Yes. Gave me, again, some like optimistic vibes, very hopeful film. And it's coming around Christmas. So just the fact that it's coming around the holidays for families kind of adds that sort of sensibility mm-hmm. of like hope. And I thought the cast was good. Yes. I don't think the cast is like a knockout cast, but you have some like veterans there's, there there's who know their shit. It's definitely a nice ensemble, I yeah, would say. Yeah, it's like who definitely could... Uh, could um, drive a movie so to speak you got like some you got some solid uh some solid actors in there between kyle chandler um felicity jones um the guy who plays martin luther king and selma which i'm drawing a blank on his name it's like uh, david Oyelowo. david Oyelowo, yeah, yeah 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 him so uh so yeah looking forward to this film definitely and and even though uh you know i i, I prefer to see as many movies in theaters as possible it's nice to have a movie like this to look forward to around the holidays because the holidays usually are like like it's almost like well, this is uh, not dropping on Netflix. I know it's dropping on Netflix, but I'm just saying like it's nice to have like a bigger movie to kind of look forward to that's coming out around the holidays because yeah. we don't know if we're getting any big movies to come out, you know, around well, the holiday and, time. And I'm hoping that's going to be more in the sort of like Irishman marriage story camp rather than like Party Power or like. Oh no, I, I would I would wholeheartedly yeah. agree. And, I hope so. And the hope with George Clooney being attached is that it has more of a higher. Yeah, because I don't think we mentioned that he's directing it as well. Yes. So that's that's fun too. He's directing, producing, and starring in yes. it. And. Uh, and yeah, looking forward to it. I was just say, j- j- just to reiterate, it's really nice to see George Clooney. Like, it's so like nice. On, on the second again. I saw him, I was, and I'm like, yes. And the last time we saw him in a space movie, he didn't have the best of luck. He didn't have the best of luck. No, in Gravity. <laughs> it looks like here he doesn't have great luck either. It looks like he's got some shit going on. Yeah, yeah. But uh, hopeful that uh, things will pan out a little better for him in this movie. Definitely. And I also like what you said, too, how he's, how he's just a stud. George Clooney, to me, was always like one of the, the last, like, quote unquote, movie stars. He could have come up as an actor in any time in history and he would have been successful and one of the very few television to big screen successful yeah. stars yep absolutely. a lot of people trying to make that transition it does not work he did it like flawlessly absolutely yeah, yeah. so we really can't wait for this movie mm-hmm. and while sticking on the subject of trailers we have a couple teasers that dropped as well so we got 30 second teasers for nicholas cage's upcoming horror film willie's wonderland and then we got the big one for halloween kills which oh, yeah, isn't baby. coming out till next year so which sucks but uh but yeah i love both these <laughs> yeah both these were great uh yeah. between the Nick Cage movie, which just looks absolutely ridiculous, and I can't fucking wait to see it. And then Halloween Kills, which promises all kinds of carnage coming. The big body count. The big body count. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think, Martin? Uh, for the Nick Cage movie, <laughs> dude, uh, for it being a 30-second teaser, it gave us a lot in, in regards to the type of movie that I feel it's going to be. Yes. This feels like it's going to be a very expensive B movie. Oh, yeah. And uh, just the... Uh, what just crack, kind of cracked me up is just like the up-close, front-and-center shot of tits. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, we love tits. Like we love movies, we do. But it just felt so like out of place and so rent- and, and gratuitous. Yeah, and gratuitous. Like, yeah. You can, and it kind of harnessed back to the sort of like um, like old school cheesy like bad horror movies. 
they kind of relied on like nudity and like very uh, uh grindhouse esque. Yeah, just to kind of get your attention. Right. You know, like oh, like what sells? Sex sells. Let's put right. some tits out there. And, yeah, like, nudity. Yeah, yeah. like it just felt like I, they just felt like out of place. But at the same time, it almost again, like I said, kind of harnesses back to that sort of B flavor that I got from it. Mm-hmm. And I'm full on expecting just some insane sex scene uh, with like <laughs> Nicolas Cage and this chick because this. This chick, like, put it out there, like, to... I believe his name is Joe. I okay. believe that's his name in, in the film. And, you know, like, in Crank, when her, when uh, Amy Smart and Jason Statham have, like, that crazy Had sex that scene. ridiculous sex scene, street. yeah. Yep, yep. And I'm picturing something like that. Yeah. Like, they're, like... She's gonna be, like, seduced by him. They're gonna, like... They're gonna do, they're gonna do it in the middle of all the animatronics. Exactly. And while, while they're doing it, he's just going to be, like, shooting, like, the animatronics. Oh, so, like, shoot him up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be some crazy, insane... Um, Sex scene. Uh, oh yeah, oh, I forgot about that with Monica Bellucci. Yeah, that's yeah bro, that's a great sex that's, scene. That's, that's also just a great movie. That is a great movie. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I'm pick. Yes, we'll, yeah. we'll do that. <laughs> okay. I'm picturing like some uh, like a worse ver- version and shoot 'em up. Right. Um. Look, I do not expect this movie to be good. I'm gonna be honest. The people involved. I I know. I know. But I'm just hoping that it's gonna be fun to watch. That's what I mean. That's like, my like, like, if it's a bad movie, let it be one of those good bad movies where you just get some crazy shit. You get a lot of Nick Cage freakouts. Exactly. And just oh, give me that. Nick Cage is gonna be down to eleven. Oh, he's gonna I be down re- to eleven. I already fucking can, maybe twelve. Maybe twelve. <laughs> he's, he's gonna go to, to twelve. 11. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely like picture that. So um, so so yeah, just kind of fingers crossed that it's gonna be good. And as far as Halloween. <sighs> Bro. It looks so good. looks so fucking good. And this is something that we spoke about on a recent episode. Um, for to You got to keep in mind that Halloween kill, uh, Halloween reboot, the one that came out in 2018, was a direct sequel to Halloween 2. Yes. So, for example, everything... Oh, I thought that, it was just a direct sequel to Halloween. Was, I thought it forego to because it got rid of the whole sister aspect. Well, then why is he coming after Lori? I don't know, because he just wants to kill I her. think it was 2, to be honest. Regardless, yeah. um, a lot of the post-Halloween uh, 2 films have been retconned and essentially erased. And, yes. And do not exist in this new universe. When you keep that in mind, Michael's essentially been locked up, hospitalized for decades. Mm-hmm. He finally breaks out. He goes to fulfill his mission of like killing Lori yep. and fails. Not only does he fail, but he gets left to die yeah. in a fucking house. Like, So now... Um, What's the so he was already like what's the t- metaphor when you got a loose it's a loose wire oh uh, a loose screw screws are loose yeah screws are loose yeah he's already got a yeah. couple like loose screws up in the head yep. um because obviously of what happened but now he's out here trying to kill his sister again fail so now you know that the guy is pissed like yeah. he's pissed he didn't get a chance to do what he wanted to do he was left for dead so now he's just like those loose screws are like ten times more. Oh, he got yeah. some fucking cogs that oh, are not yeah. working very well yep. up in that brain. Yep. And we know from some reports that it's going to be kind of Haddonfield versus Michael and how some of the townspeople have a bone to pick with him. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Oh yeah. Good fucking luck. Oh, because yeah. you're going up again. <laughs> like Buster Rhymes said. Michael Myers is a killer shark. Baggy ass overalls. It gets his kicks off of killing everything and everyone that he comes across. And not just that, but he's not all there. He's just going to mow people the fuck down. Well, the, we, we already got that great shot in the trailer. It's like just that like slow-mo that, that, that just slash, and you just see the blood flying everywhere. I'm just like, oh, my God. It was very light red, but I still loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still loved it. And uh, and yet, like we were saying, um, I believe as you told me how some people are saying that the townspeople have a bone to pick with Michael. And I think that's a very interesting like sort of aspect to bring into the film because you can talk about how, like, some people moved out of town because of the murders or right. how like the murders either 
don't attract people or attract like the bad kind of people. Right. Because because we got a little bit a little bit of that with the reboot of how these like true crime people are trying to do a story. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got like all these fucking like annoying true crime people are trying right, to come here right. and like and like interview and like just they're just annoying the town exactly and then and then also just on top of the the townspeople that have been affected by michael's murder so you know what i mean in some indirect way maybe like trauma they, or something they like just that. want revenge you know because so. at its heart at its soul halloween is all about trauma yes you're talking about um you know Lori, who's been traumatized from what happened to her and now with this reboot you now have three generations of trauma Essentially, hit her daughter, played by Judy Greer, mm-hmm. who had to deal with the side effects of her trauma. Yep, and is now kind of passed on to her daughter, and now they're all kind of traumatized. All because in, in, but they're also all in on it now, exactly. Too, yeah. And I cannot wait for this movie. I'm really upset it got delayed, but uh, I have really high expectations for this film. Absolutely, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I mean, yeah, it's just one of those things where you know, get it when we get it, man. Get it when we get it. Oh, get it when we're coming around, <laughs> yeah. Saturday, a little more positive. Oh, good. All right, let's move on to some movie announcements. So we got Sandra Oh and Aquafina teaming up to play sisters in a Netflix comedy. The film is being produced by Gloria Sanchez Productions and being written by Jen D'Angelo. And then on the other side, we got Scott Derrickson, who is set to direct The Black Phone for Blumhouse. Derrickson will co-write the script with C. Robert Cargill, and it's based on a short story by Joe Hill. So uh, both these are pretty interesting. The Sandra Aquafina movie, that doesn't actually have like a plot summary yet, right? It's just known as no, the, just that they're sisters in a comedy? It, it, it's about two sisters who kind of have like a broken relationship. And okay. then Sandra O's. Um, so Aquafina, I believe, is playing uh, this sister who's trying to help her achieve her lifelong dream of being a contestant in a game show. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's kind of the plot synopsis. And um, I really like this for many reasons. Um, obviously, it's like we just said, it's an interesting premise. Yep. Um, Excuse me. Uh, produced by Gloria Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't who, isn't Will Ferrell on this yes, as well? Yes, that's yeah. Jessica, I believe, Entelbaum and Will Ferrell's production company. Nice. That's their production company, and they obviously and they were involved in films like Booksmart, uh, Hustlers, and also Dead to Me, which is a series on Netflix. You see, this is interesting because it says Gloria Sanchez, but I know uh, there's been a couple of Will Ferrell movies that also produced. I think it's it's also Gary Sanchez. I have no idea. So I wonder. I wonder if they have like a like a like almost like a parent production company. No clue. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But like I said, they did, they were involved with Booksmart and Dead to Me, the series on Netflix, right? Which I really like. I haven't had a chance to check out the second season, but I really like the first season. So they're familiar with sort of female led comedies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jen D'Angelo, she's writing the Hocus Pocus sequel. Nice. So again, uh, that I imagine is going to be led by the original cast members of Ben Miller, or whatever. So again, right. she has familiar familiarity with these sort of like um. Uh, female-led films, right? So, like, there's some, there's a lot of interesting things here that kind of have me intrigued, and obviously the main one being representation. Mm-hmm. We already know that Amazon is doing their sort of um, heist film with an all Asian cast, which I can't wait for. Yeah, I, which, I, I, I need, I need more information on that. Which looks like it's going to be fun. So now Netflix kind of dipping their toes into that mm-hmm. pool and kind of doing it here. So that's, um, that's also fun to see. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about Aquafina last week. How we are fans of some of the work that she's been doing, but I'm also a big Sandra O oh fan. I love her in Sideways. She was great, and I feel like that. I know she was on, um, she was on a show. I think Killing, is Killing, Killing Eve. Eve. Yeah, which Killing apparently Eve. is like everyone raves about. Oh, show. people, people love it. But yeah. like, like I was kind of bummed that I didn't see her in more movies going forward after Sideways. So I'm kind of happy that she's uh you know yeah because uh, she's she's been um she was on she was on Grey's Anatomy I Grey's think. Anatomy yeah. I knew there was a doctor thing yes because yes. I told you my mom she my mom's pretty much watched every single hospital <laughs> network like television show yeah so I've definitely seen her pop up in uh over like the years definitely seen her pop up in like in like a in, like scrubs right 
So, uh, so yeah, uh, this is cool. Right now, there's no director as of now, so okay. I'm looking forward to see who you're going to cast who and who you're going to bring on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, moving on to uh, The Black Phone. So, um, obviously, it's really exciting to see Scott Derrickson return to horror. I'm still a little bummed that he didn't come back for the Doctor Strange sequel, but, you know, it, we got Sam Raimi, so... Yes, I mean, it's... It is. It is. We're brothers. It's a little bit of give and take, but it's cool to see him, um, you know, back in horror, and obviously, he's teaming back up with a screenwriter from Sinister, so that's cool to see. And there's uh, what's what's the what's the deal with this with this one? Is there like a plot summary on it or? Yeah, so really? it's based off of a story called um, the black the black phone, which is a sort of ghost short story by Joe Cahill. Mm-hmm. And that from what I saw, because I looked at the description of the story, and it's kind of like um, I believe I could be wrong, but it's almost like an anthology story. Okay. Because it covers different stories, so like it covers this one character. It covers like different characters, so I'm assuming it's, di- it's it's focusing on different sort of ghost stories. Right. But I could be 100 percent wrong. But that's just kind of what I got from the description. To kind of echo some of the stuff that you said, um, to be honest, for me, Scott Derrickson's a little bit of hit or miss. Only he is. Because I'm I don't know if because uh, I I love horror films. Mm-hmm. I like The Last Exorcism of Emily Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually a movie that I've caught over the years. Right. And I recently caught it about like two years ago, and I still enjoyed it. I love the way it's structured and the way it's written, which he also wrote. Mm-hmm bouncing back and forth between the exorcism and the court case and yep. kind of, I guess, like the twister or whatever in, in that film. Um, and I really enjoy Sinister. Sinister, I've, like you know, I've watched a bunch of horror films in my life. None of them have literally phased me ever. There's been shit that's disturbing. Yeah. Like when you watch and you're like, oh, that's kind of disturbing. Yeah. But I'll go to sleep perfectly fine. Uh-huh. Like uh, after I see it. After I literally watch it at like 2 a.m. at dark in my room. Yeah. Like, oh, that's kind of gross. But I'll go to sleep. Perfectly fine. Sinister is probably the only movie that has riled you. That has re- like Dude, really because it, it has me. it has its moments where yeah. it is just fucked up. Not a Damn, this is some scary shit. Yeah, that like, but like, not just again, not just disturbing, but like horror. Yes, like I was scared. Yeah, um, I saw it in theaters, which is a really great movie theater going experience. And I was in college at the time, so I was down visiting my mom. And I was dating someone, so like her and I, we went to see the movie. I dropped her off. After I dropped her off, I was going to my mom's house. I was driving in the car by myself, and I was fucking creeped out. I'm like, I can't wait to get home. I can't wait to get home. I finally got home, and my mom told me to take out the fucking trash because um, the garbage truck was passing by the next day. So I vividly remember going up to the back door and just standing there because I had to go get the Robocans. And I was like, I don't want to go outside. I was like, I don't want to go outside. I was like, nope, nope, I'm not going to do it. I eventually did do it, but you know, like, um, like when you're going up the stairs and you turn the light switch off and you, like, run up because you feel like someone's going to, like, grab you? Yes. I had that whole thing. I was, like, quickly, like, hustling. Which, it, which, which is amazing because that's such a thing that happens when you're a little kid, but yeah. not when you're, we were supposed to be in college, but no. the fact that, like, you know, well, it, this it, it was, like, eight you. years ago. But still, but, but, just, so, but yeah. just the fact that, like, the movie that affected you that much that you were just so creeped out by. Yeah, I was so creeped out. Like, I quickly put the garbage on. Like, I ran back to the fucking house. I was like, fuck that. So there's, so there's, um, I'm actually glad that we're talking about Sinister because there was a recent study. Yes. There was a recent study, and according to science, Martin, according to science... Oh, you know what? I think I saw this. Sinister is labeled the scariest movie. Yeah, I think so. So the study that they did was each member of the test audience was fitted with a heart rate monitor to see how much, on average, their heart rates rose above the resting heart rates during a film. All the data was average for each film, and one came out on top as undeniably the scariest movie of the bunch, and it was Sinister. And this was going up against stuff like... The, Exor- the Exorcist and all those types of movies. So I actually want to see what movies were in that viewing. So so here, so in this study, so Sinister came out on top. 
Uh, number two going down. So we got Insidious, The Conjuring, Hereditary, Paranormal, Paranormal, Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity. It follows The Conjuring 2, The Babadook. The Descent and The Visit rounded out the top 10. Which See, is, but those are all recent films. Which is pretty, which is pretty interesting. And then you have, uh, going down the, the list even more, uh, you have The Ring, A Quiet Place, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, The Original, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 28 Days Later, The Exorcist, Hush, It, and Scream. That rounds out the top 20. See, but what about like Don't Look Now or like uh, Sleepaway Camp or like a lot of these like 70s, 80s, like Suspiria? Well, well so, so I'm assuming that, that they did. Uh, so according on this list, there was 35 movies that were ranked. So rounding out the rest of it are The Grudge, The Witch, The Blair Witch Project, Alien, The Thing, Poltergeist, Annabelle, Friday the 13th, The Orphanage, Dark Skies, Wolf Creek, The Omen, The Shining, Get Out, and Audition. See, I feel like people, whoever made this list are like millennials because these are all movies in the past like 20 years. I mean, it could be. It could, yeah. very, it could very well be. And, and some of those movies from the 70s are immensely creepy that just kind of stay with you yeah. because of just how like the imagery the imagery and, yeah. and and it's one of those types where they didn't need like any kind of gore or anything like that to be scary you right know what to I go mean? back to what i was saying like when you see something that's disturbing like mm -hmm. the, the final shot in sleepaway camp of angela's face like, oh, that still to me is like the most disturbing image of all time it's one of those ones that just it it just burns into yeah, your head and if and just the the, the, the uh, like the sound and everything like, yeah, yeah. Ugh, yeah no yeah. never again am i fucking watching <laughs> that no hard pass hard pass but, but to get back to it, well, yeah. But, but, but just to get back to it, like I don't hate that pick for number one because Sinister to me is also one that when I saw it, and I'm and I'm not big on scary movies either, mm -hmm. but like it's it's extremely disturbing. And there's a lot of shit in that movie that just really freaks you out. No, and I agree. And like I just told you, that's literally the only movie that truly that really, like that really rocked you. me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just do think I just sign so I think there should have been more horror movies in there. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So he knows what. So when it comes to horror, he does have his like moments. Mm -hmm. Like obviously, like we were just saying. But he also has his not so good moments. Like when you think of, did you ever see Delivers from Evil with Eric Bana? Um, he's like a cop in New York City. And did, he's he like, did he direct that? I don't think he, he directed, directed that. and wrote that. Did he really? Yeah, I mean, it's got Olivia Munn in it, so that right that right away tells you it's not a good uh, movie. Poor Olivia Munn, man. Yeah. She's she's just she's just a movie killer. Yeah, and uh, I was not a big fan of the writing for Sinister Two, which he wrote. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously the Day of the Earth is still a remake, which I just thought was uh. Yeah, so flat. I know. Uh, so he, like we were saying, he does. He is kind of like a bit of a hit or miss. Mm -hmm. But it is. Uh, he does have familiarity with Blumhouse. Um, he this is his sort of field, and I'm excited to get more information on it because, like I said, I'm not too familiar with the source material. Yeah. So I'm excited to see like what he's going to do and um, and from what I saw, he's busy, bro. He's got like a lot of upcoming projects. He does have a lot of stuff coming up. But to to harken back to what you're saying about you know some of his misses some of his misses in terms of like the horror aspect didn't have um robert cargill writing it right because sinister i believe was was was, was c robert mm -hmm. cargill so yeah. the fact that they're teaming back up it has like that nice pairing again so hopefully they can they can turn some magic, magic. And, and and fuck and us up yeah yeah i'm scared i'm not scared you're scared all right we're gonna move on to some miscellaneous news so we've got new suicide squad images revealed by empire magazine the uncharted film has finished filming and we got a brand new assassin's creed series headed to netflix I'm um, gonna be completely honest. Like all this stuff is cool, but there's nothing really to like really dive into. Like the new Suicide Squad, the new Suicide Squad images are awesome, and I love the front cover of that Empire magazine. Shark, King Shark up, King Shark just, just kind of waving, which is really cool. But other than that, it's really no new information here. 
uh, Uncharted's finished filming. We <laughs> talked about this last week. We'll see what happens. Uh, I am looking forward to the next trailer, but I don't think it's going to be a good movie. And then uh, Assassin's Creed going to Netflix. I think it could be cool because Assassin's Creed is a really fun game and it's got a great premise and it could really, you know, um, has a very interesting story to tell. Obviously, the Michael Fassman movie was uh, like awful and I don't know what the hell happened weird. with it. It was also weird. Like, I don't I know. I think a lot of it was because of the director. He's the one who did Macbeth. Yeah. I, I, think he, I thought he tried, I think he tried to bring a lot of like the, that Macbeth sensibility <laughs> yeah, into that, and that, like, just that didn't weird work. like ambition into it. It just yeah, did not work. Yeah, it was work. really, it was like, I remember watching it I'm like, this is a fucking weird ass film. Yeah, you know, but, but uh, it just didn't work. But hopefully for the Netflix series, like they actually are more um, faithful to the video game and it kind of has a lot of that because Assassin's Creed, it's, it's kind of like in charge. There, there's, a, there's a big sense of adventure in it and that was largely missing from the from the film well i've never played Assassin's creed so i really have no no basis for yeah, that yeah. so uh like i said all the only thing i have to go off of is the is the movie which like i said didn't wasn't really crazy about um yeah suicide squad images is cool to see more looks at these characters that we were introduced to a couple months ago mm-hmm. um i really love that shot of um harley quinn and james gunn kind of leaning up against each yeah. other it was really nice to see because we love james gunn and this is right up his alley i wasn't a big fan of the second guardians of the galaxy but um, I think he's a great director, and I think he has a very unique storytelling vision. So I'm excited to see what he does with this. As far as Uncharted, I just got to give my props that they were finally able to wrap the movie. And because, finish it. And finish it. Because out of, after all the fucking on uh, behind-the-scenes production, trouble, drama that it had, they were finally able to bring it home. And uh, I'm hoping that it's good for your sake, because yeah. I know it's your favorite video game. And also, because it's coming out on my birthday. Yep. So the last thing I want is for you to ruin my birthday party by being a grouchy bitch, talking about, like, oh, they ruined my favorite video game. No. I will kick you out of my birthday. Like, you, I don't need that energy, all right? <laughs> you're out of my birthday party. Yeah, you're not coming to my birthday party. I don't need that energy. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah, you know I'm not going to give it into this kind of behavior she's like a kid at toys r us i can't be around it don't get off your high horse stop judging people <laughs> for those kind of selfish reasons alone i hope it's good as yeah, well yeah <laughs> yeah uh anything else you want to say no no all right cool cool all right so let's move on to our main topics and this next story i'm really excited to talk about so patrick wilson is set to star and direct in the next installment of the insidious horror franchise the film will mark wilson's directorial directorial debut and follow a script by Scott Teams based off a story by franchise co-creator Lee Winnell and focuses on the Lambert's 10 and focuses on the Lambert's 10 years after the events of Insidious the Last Key. The film was being produced by Blumhouse and franchise creators Lee Winnell and James Wan amongst others. Well, after Boom. after me getting through that rough little story intro, uh, this is really cool. I'm really excited about this. Uh, we're big fans of Patrick Wilson oh, from, yeah. you know, Insidious, Conjuring, Aquaman, uh, so much stuff that he's been in Watchmen um you know and the fact that he's now uh directing uh, in a franchise that he's very well known and obviously he's really good friends with james wan and lee winnell so this is really exciting to see right not just that because uh aside from insidious he's been in all the conjuring films yep so yeah like you said he's he's very familiar with this franchise and you just know that he's going to after being again in aquaman with james wan you just know that um, he's going to have help. Yes. He's going to have a lot of good guidance. Um, like we said, Lee Winnell and James Wan, who created this franchise, are going to be very much involved. So you just know that anything that he maybe like needs help with or has a question about, they're just he's just going to turn to him and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Right, like, yeah, how yeah. can I do this? You know? so, um, so I think it's a really good... Uh, it's a, I think this is very um, good for him because I think he's going to have good people around him to execute this vision for this film. And uh, something else... Another film, um, Hard Candy, which from like 2006, I yeah, believe. Yeah, with Ellen Page. With Ellen Page, yeah, mm-hmm. which was kind of like a thriller, kind yeah. of like dark story. So, yeah, he's been rooted in this kind of like dark theme horror movies for 
a while now. And I was going to say, man, going, just going through the Insidious franchise and the Conjuring franchise, like mm-hmm. he's just, he's a veteran at this point. He is. He yeah. really is. And, uh, and he's, like you said, we love him. He's yeah. a fantastic actor. And, um, and those films are, well, I like Conjuring 1 and 2. Uh, I liked Insidious 1 and 2. Uh, wasn't crazy about 3, and I did not like The Last Key at all. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that they're going to, that he's going to kind of bounce, the like bring the franchise back because mm-hmm. it focuses on his son going to college. Right. And his son is going to be played by the same kid, Ty Simpkins, who played his son in the first one. Yes, who is also from like Iron Man 3 and Jurassic World. And Jurassic World. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like he kind of splashed on when he was very young, but he kind of died off. He definitely died off. He hasn't yeah. been in anything in a while, so it's cool yeah. to see him coming back. Right, so, uh, so I'm interested to see, like we said, it's based off a story by Lee Winnell, so I'm excited to see what the, to get a little more info about the story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is, I, I like, there. I'm excited to see maybe Rose Byrne comes back. Well, you know what's funny is because they announced that it was, um, you know, you're going to get Wilson's character coming back along with the two sons, but they didn't mention Rose Byrne, which is very right. interesting. So I wonder if they're going to do one of those things where maybe she, the character passed away or... Which I hope she comes back. I hope so too. Yeah. Like even if, even if they have her character pass away, she can be in like the the ghost world or whatever, you know? Right. And <laughs> um, and kind of harness back to what we were talking about in the past like decade, I think horror has just had this like amazing renaissance. Oh like, yeah. There's been some For like, sure. incredible horror films. And uh, and the ending of the first in series is still one like it's still one of the better endings in horror and like horror films. Right. You know, like the reveal of the picture and the and the whatever. And uh, and yeah, that movie also has some some really great like horror moments. I always talk about Darth Maul yes. popping up behind oh, them. Oh yeah. That first one would creep me out. But uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to um to to see his directorial debut. Yeah, and, I just, love and, and, and just to see like what he does and what his style is and mm-hmm. how and how what he brings to this franchise. Yeah, like let's start um, establishing his his vision and his and his directing language. So yeah, to speak, so that we can possibly maybe see it in future projects and films. Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, and moving on to our last topic of the day, Oscar Isaac's is in talks to star as Mark Spector in Marvel's Moon Knight series for Disney Plus. The series tells the story of Mark Spector, an elite soldier and mercenary who decides to fight crime after he becomes the human avatar for. Kunshu. Kunshu, that's how you say it, okay. The Egyptian god of the moon. So I knew nothing about Moon Knight, and then I looked him up, and this seems pretty fucking awesome. Moon Knight is an awesome character. It sounds like an awesome character. So I like that he's he starts off as like an elite soldier and a mercenary, and then he gets betrayed. So it kind of reminded me of Spawn a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) How he gets like betrayed, and then uh, I guess they're in some kind of like archaeological dig, and as he's like dying, the the god comes to him. That's the OG. That's the OG story, right? right? Yes. I don't know if that's how they're gonna they're gonna play it in this series, but. You know, the god comes to him and, you know, they basically make a deal and he becomes like basically the avatar for this person. And then the other cool thing was I like how he kind of develops like these alter egos. Mm-hmm. One is like a as like a billionaire and then another as like a taxi driver to kind of stay like his oh, ear, you did your research, like, like, his ear to the ground. Oh, yeah, bro. You, oh, yeah, you, bro. Yeah. So like I really like this. And, you know, we, we've expressed before how much we love Oscar Isaac as oh, an yeah. actor. So I feel like he's just going to crush this. And the fact that he gets to kind of play around in this and kind of develop different characters i'm really excited to see what what he does right that what you mentioned is like the original kind of that's the um, og story yeah uh, i want to say it was like around 2005 or 2006 is when they kind of rebooted his origin a little bit mm-hmm. and made it more like batman i swear to god swear to me ah! okay so he's kind of like a millionaire he uses gadgets um because he used a lot of the money, like you were saying, a lot of the money from being a mercenary, and he used and he made like investments, right, to like build his fortune, right. And um, so similar to Batman, he kind of does crime fighting using gadgets, martial arts, stuff like that. Um, I don't know which story they're going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally would like to see the OG one because I do love this whole notion of um, 
a possible like dual personality disorder. Yes. Because uh, look, the Moon Knight, it, it's I'm not gonna lie, it's sometimes tough to follow Moon Knight stories because they're 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 very different and they very they jump around a lot and it's kind of like a little confusing and distracting trying to keep up. Yeah. But um, but he does have there have been some issues where he's um where he's had like mental problems where it's like schizophrenia or like paranoia or like hallucinations. So it's almost like him trying to coexist with with this god is like fucking with and his mind. And a lot of the stuff is in his head. Sick thoughts. I used to have sick thoughts. So that to me is a very interesting aspect about the character, which I hope they they explore. Um, and obviously when you think of Oscar Isaac, when you think of roles like Drive. Inside Lewin Davis, mm -hmm. it's like I feel like if he channels into that, he can really bring something amazing to the character. Yeah, I think he's going to bring something amazing to the character, regardless. Right, because the guy is a fucking stud. I love Oscar Isaac; he's one of my favorite character, one of my favorite actors. And yeah, the property is awesome, the actor is awesome. Yeah, but we got to keep in mind that um, something which we actually didn't talk about, which is how. Apparently, Tatiana Maslany came out and said that she was not She-Hulk. Which is weird. Right. Uh, to, uh, to give a little context, actors have done this before where they've come out and said, no, I'm not playing the character. And then like a few months later, it's like, oh, I actually am playing the character. Right. So, so I don't know why she's trying to play coy. Maybe it could, it could be a negotiating tactic. It could be because um, just me personally, uh, I don't think Tatiana Maslany is that kind of person to like fuck around. I don't think so either, but yeah, it's, she's very... it, but it's just the fact that you, that major trades report it. It's not like it came from some exactly. random, random what, ass rumor, like Hollywood Reporter, Variety. Like they all report that I she's know, cast. And though. I know she's an actress, but when you watch that interview, she literally genuinely was like, "No, I literally, yeah. I don't know where that came from." Right, like, right. I have, you know, which is which is just really weird. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to take this just for now with a grain of salt, mm -hmm. just to know, make sure, just to make sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get my hopes up too much. I know. But if it is, um, kind of like what I was saying before. He is, uh, he is Jewish. Yes. So I do, uh, he's a father, he's a son of a Jewish rabbi. And I think he could pull off the look. Like I can definitely picture, um, Oscar Isaac as like a, I guess like a rabbi's son. So oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah even I think so too. It's really interesting because he's like of Guatemalan descent, mm -hmm. but he can almost like touch into all these different sort of ethnicities. Yeah. You know what other actors like that? Um, uh, what's his name? Cliff Curtis. I don't know. Maybe if you tell me who. So Cliff Curtis, uh, training day. The guy with the mustache. I know exactly who you're talking yes. about. He was also in the Avatar The Last Airbender. He's, he's yeah. honestly, like, and, I'm, and I think they did a story about him not so long ago. He's played so many different ethnicities just because he has that look that could just fit in with different different backgrounds and different mm -hmm. types of ethnicities. And I think Oscar Isaacs is the same way. Right. I think he could play different ethnicities and you would just buy it because he just has, like, that look. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and obviously, this is a very action-packed character. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, yeah, this, this yeah, just these three characters that are, quote-unquote, kind of, like, already been... For the most part, confirmed between She-Hulk, Miss um, Marvel, and Moon Knight. Yeah, like yeah, they're kind of expanding the universe. This is what we talk about when you have a streaming platform. It's a playground. Yeah, you can literally play around and um, start introducing these different characters, start world building. Uh, and yeah, I don't know what route they're going to take in regards to his origin, mm -hmm. but uh, but I'm really excited uh, if, if it is if that's the case that he is playing Mark Spector. Yeah, I'm really excited because I think. I think this is a role that that was like in the kind of way made for him. Yeah. So yeah, I never I really, I never even once thought that it could be him. And I, he's also a little older too. Right. So uh, when you think of like Tatiana Maslany and um, Iman Vellani, they're relatively younger. Yes. So, so they, they kind of stay with the character for right, however long. Right. Yeah. And it also makes begs the question like, uh, so was he just a mercenary this whole time? Right. You know, like where was he when all this stuff was going on? Exactly. You know? So exactly. then you, you you could play into that whole notion like, 
oh, he was just a mercenary this whole time. He was building his fortune, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, this is awesome. We love Oscar Isaac and looking forward to hearing some more shit. Absolutely, yeah. And, and I, I really do hope that they kind of stick with that OG story because when I read that one of his egos is a taxi driver, I just love that aspect of him kind of like that's how he keeps his ear to the ground. That's kind of how he stays incognito, but also kind of just... Just like, just watches and sees like and what, what, picture, kind of, what kind of shit's going on. Driver. Yeah, exactly. Just picture taxi exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's so like, so that's so is. that's like a nice aspect that I really hope they explore. And yeah, man, I'm looking forward to this. Me too, man. All right, nerds nation, that does it for us. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. Remember to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube page. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else where you can see that big, beautiful FN logo. Anything else you want to say to the nation, Martin? No, I hope you. Uh, enjoy this episode and we apologize for some of the background noise like we said there was a rager going on next yeah, door. there's a lot of stuff going on um there is a quote-unquote cbs sports studio yeah so we have um on the other side yes so we had two uh studios that were very busy tonight very busy tonight yeah so uh, we apologize if you heard some like football talk some some random ass some just random, noise, like yeah. college football commentary or whatever <laughs> and some like bass bumping uh yeah we apologize we'll do our best to clean it up But uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode, and we look forward to talking to you guys soon about the Mandalorian. Definitely. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye.